Hey guys, it's KJ of Living Christian. Welcome to another episode of the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, this episode will drop on April 1st, uh, so we're turning the page of a new month, and this is the month of Easter and the Resurrection. So we're going to go over Luke 23 today, and uh, on the next podcast we'll go over Luke 24. So we're going to go through that cycle of Jesus's trial, his his uh, persecution, his uh, crucifixion, and his eventual uh, resurrection and ascension into heaven. So we're going to go through that over the next two episodes of this podcast. So if you love this one, don't miss the next one. But uh, that's what we're going to be doing here. So if this is your first time here, I uh, appreciate you uh, tuning in uh, wherever you're listening to this today. So uh, what we do on this uh, podcast is read a little bit of the Bible and uh, we drink a little coffee. So today I just have uh, some Texas pecan coffee. We're back to that again. I flip-flop and back and forth on the different kinds of coffee I'm drinking. That's what I'm drinking. A little Texas pecan. I am in Texas. So uh, we just call it pecan, I guess. But anyways, we'll call it Texas pecan for this podcast. Uh, But that's what we do here. We read a little bit of the Bible and uh, drink a little coffee and chit-chat about it. So stay tuned after we read Luke 23, and I'll answer uh, a few of the questions that have been submitted uh, to the uh, little form there that we have on the website. So if you haven't visited the website... Uh, visit livingchristian.org, which is uh, my website. There you can read Bible verse list and, and blogs and listen to all these podcasts or watch them if you want to watch them on YouTube, uh, as well as shop at our store, uh, livingchristian.org slash store, or just go to livingchristian.org. And there's a big button there that says store. So we have all sorts of t-shirts and, and apparel, and you can get 20% off the entire store always with the code PODCAST20 exclusively for our podcast listeners. Look ahead in the next month or so. We're going to be launching a a few new items on that store. Uh, I've got a couple samples in yesterday I'm pretty excited about of T-shirts that I designed that uh, I seem to love. Hopefully you'll like them too. Uh, So we'll launch those uh, later in April probably uh, with uh, a few other little items. So we'll get ready for spring and maybe do another special. But we'll have a, a whole slew on the new arrival section hopefully uh, as that, uh, as we turn the corner into spring, which is nice, which is nice, which is nice, which is awesome. So if you uh, feel the need to uh, support this podcast, you can do it right here on the podcast page, whether that's donating uh, a little bit of uh, money, which we're not asking for. But if you, if the Lord brings you to that, uh, I'm certainly not going to stop you. Or you can do that on the website as well, livingchristian.org, or just buy something on the store. That supports us as well. But the best way to support this podcast is to uh, leave a rating or drop a review uh, kind of helps us get the word out. Let's Apple and Spotify and other places know that uh, people are listening and people are loving it. So if you do like this, I would ask even more than donating money if you could, uh, you know, drop a rating and, and maybe leave a review. Uh, that would certainly be helpful uh, for us to kind of get the word out and get spreading that news. So we're spreading the good news and this is what we want to do. So I want to make sure as many people can hear this as possible, not because uh, of uh, my own desires, but because I firmly believe people need to read the Bible more often, and if that means they can just read along with me or even listen, uh, that is a step in the right direction. So please do that, and uh, that would help us out tremendously. So uh, let's get on with the show here today. So we're going to read, as I mentioned, Luke 23. All right, Uh, let me get my old man glasses on so I can see, because that's how we roll around here in the Bible reading and coffee drinking podcast. Let's read, uh, like I said, we're going to read Luke 23. So this is going to go into, uh, you know, the trial of Jesus, persecution, and kind of eventually the the uh, crucifixion of Jesus. Um, let's get back to some of my notes here on Luke. 
Uh, so Luke is all about you know Jesus and learning about that. It is one of the four Gospels. Uh, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke is actually uh, the physician of the group, so it's always nice to have a doctor in the house. Uh, so that is uh, who wrote this, and uh, it's a biography of Jesus with a distinctly human touch. It's a little bit different than the other uh, Gospels. It's probably why I like it so much. It shows Jesus as a son of man who came to save all sorts of people, Jews and Gentiles, men and women, children and outcasts from society. Wouldn't that the truth? And I'm certainly glad he did, and I'm sure you are as well. All right, so let's read uh, Luke 23, Jesus' trial before Pilate. Then the entire council took Jesus to Pilate, the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, for those who are, uh, have not read previously in the book of Luke. Uh, this man, uh, they, they began to state their case in, in verse 2. This man has not has been leading our people astray by telling them to not pay their taxes to the Roman government and by claiming he is a Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, You have said it. Pilate turned to the leading priest and to the crowd, saying, I find nothing wrong with this man. Then they become insistent, but he is causing riots by his teaching wherever he goes, all over Judea, from Galilee to Jerusalem. Okay, verse 6. Oh, he's a Galilean, Pilate asked. When they said he was this, Pilate sent him to Herod, because Galilee was under Herod's jurisdiction, and Herod happened to be in Jerusalem at the time. That's very convenient. Uh, verse 8, Herod was delighted at the opportunity to see Jesus because he had heard about him and had been hoping for a long time to see him perform a miracle. He asked Jesus question after question, but Jesus refused to answer. Meanwhile, the leading priests and teachers of religious law stood there shouting their accusations. Verse 11, then Herod and the soldiers began mocking and ridiculing Jesus. Finally, they put a royal robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. Herod and Pilate, who had been enemies before, became friends that day, which is interesting how they bonded over the uh, trials of Jesus, which is so weird and odd for something to be bonded over. So uh, so now he's he's been gone to Pilate. He refused to see him, uh, refused to kind of pass the order on, mainly because it was kind of a religious issue at the time with uh, with the Pharisees and not really breaking Roman law. So he ditched him over to Herod. Herod did the same thing. Jesus is not talking. You've got to send it back over to Pilate. So now we're catching up on that on verse 13. Then Pilate called together the leading priests and other religious leaders along with the people, and he announced his verdict. You brought this man to me, accusing him of leading a revolt. I've examined him thoroughly on this point in, in your presence and find him innocent. Herod came back to the same conclusion and sent him back to me. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty. So I'll have him flogged and I'll release him. Verse 18, then a mighty roar rose over the crowd, and with one voice they shouted, Kill him and release Barabbas to us. Barabbas was in prison for taking uh, part in an insurrection in Jerusalem against the government and for murder. Pilate argued with them because he wanted to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, Crucify him, crucify him. For the third time he demanded, Why? What crime has he committed? I have found no reason to sentence him to death. So we'll have him flogged, and I will release him. It's interesting, in verse 22, he talks about that this is the third time that he demanded. So for three times, Pilate went back to them and said, Hey, I don't want to kill this man. He's done nothing to the Roman Empire. Uh, you guys need to deal with him. But I'll have him flogged as a goodwill gesture, and uh, we'll let him go. You know, numbers are so interesting in the Bible, how... These things happen in three or 40 days. It's, it, it's very, very consistent throughout the Bible, even though it happens over thousands of years and with so many different writers. Uh, it's certainly God's touch uh, and God's word. 
Uh, no doubt about it. Now, verse 23, But the mob shouted louder and louder, demanding that Jesus be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate sentenced Jesus to die as they demanded. As he as they had requested, he released Barabbas, the man in prison, for insurrection and murder. But he turned to Jesus over to them to do as they wished. So it took a while, right? It took a while for Pilate to finally give in. Uh, he didn't want to... Uh, um, you know, find Jesus guilty. Maybe it was his conscience. Maybe it was, you know, God talking to him. But in reality, he had to fulfill the prophecy. Uh, in the Old Testament, even in Jesus' own words, these things were going to come to pass, period. So no matter what we read in the first part of 23 with him going to Pilate, him going back to Herod, him going to Pilate, it was going to happen. It was inevitable that Jesus was going to be uh, crucified. So, in the order, and the only way he could do, or the only way he could rise again, and and show so many people and save us from our sins, was for these things to come to pass. So, it's interesting to look at this from the Pilate's perspective and Herod's perspective of them fulfilling the role of the prophecy, fulfilling God's plan that He had in place, whether they knew it or not. All right. So, uh, verse twenty-six. Uh, the crucifixion, as they led Jesus away, a man named Simon, who was from Syrian, happened to be coming up in the countryside. The soldiers seized him and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. So Jesus was obviously carrying the cross initially very, very heavy. Uh, and I don't know whether he's collapsing at the time, but in some of the other books, the gospel, it talks about a little bit more of what happened and what transpired before this moment with Jesus being flogged and beaten and spit on and ridiculed. Uh, so at this point, Jesus was really beaten down uh, and uh, exhausted. So Simon came to carry the cross for him. Verse 27, a large crowd trailed behind, including me many grief-stricken women. But Jesus turned and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are coming when they will say, Fortunate indeed are the women who are childless, the wombs that have not borne a child, and the breasts that have not been nursed. People will beg the mountains, fall on us, and plead with the hills, bury us. For if these things are done when the tree is green, they will happen when it is dry. So, uh, Jesus is kind of um, prophesizing a little bit as he's walking down this path to these women about the end times, okay? That's what that reference is. It does talk about in other books about how cursed will be the women who are pregnant at the time, uh, the hardships of, of, of the end of days and what happens in, in Revelation uh, will be challenging much less when you're a brand new mother or mother-to-be. So that is where uh, his reference comes from there. All right, verse uh, 32, two, two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. When they came to a place called the Skull, they named him, or they nailed him to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Verse 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And the soldiers gambled in their, for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he is really God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers mocked him, too, by offering him to drink sour wine. They called out to him, If you are a king of the Jews, save yourself. 
A sign was fastened above him with the words, This is the king of the Jews. Verse 31 or 39. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, so the man has done nothing, has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me. When you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. So that is uh, certainly a comforting line and, and, and uh, words spoken by Jesus is the fact that this two criminals, and he's showing the dichotomy of the world in our society. You have people that believe in Jesus, and you have people that don't believe in Jesus. Okay, now, both are sinners. Both are criminals, as it says here in the book of Luke. Both have fallen short of the kingdom. But one believed that Jesus was God, and one scoffed and mocked him. One was saved, and the other was not. This is how the world goes. This is how our society goes. This is how the gospel works. If you believe that Jesus is God, if you put your faith in him as this criminal did, you will be saved because the criminal put his faith in Jesus. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He not only believed that Jesus was God, but he put his faith in Jesus, that Jesus would bring him along to paradise, to his kingdom. Okay, It's not just knowing that Jesus is God. It's believing that Jesus is the one that's going to bring you to heaven. So Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. So it is an instantaneous moment that you die of this earth and you go to heaven if you believe and you follow Jesus and be with him instantaneously, as it says in verse 43. All right, the death of Jesus in verse 44. By the time it was about noon and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. So three hours, three, of course, uh, three hours, it was dark. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. So the curtain tore, got dark. All these were prophecies. All these had to come to pass for Jesus to die and um, and be resurrected three days later. So verse 47, when the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what happened, he worshiped God and said, surely this man was innocent. When all the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw what happened, they went home in deep sorrow because they understood what they just had seen. Verse 49, but Jesus' friends, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching. watching. So the people that were there in attendance who were mocking Jesus, who were scoffing at him, who didn't believe in him, the moment that it got dark for three hours and the curtain tore at the temple, all these things they knew were going to happen, but they didn't believe it until they saw it. And once they did, they were incredibly sad because they realized what had just happened, which was the Messiah had been crucified. All right, the, finally, uh, the burial of Jesus, verse 50. Now there is a good and righteous man named Joseph. He was a member of the Jewish high council, but he had not agreed with the decisions and actions of the other religious leaders. He was from a town in Judea, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. He went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Verse 53, then he took the body down from the cross and wrapped it in a long sheet of linen cloth and laid it 
in a new tomb that had carved out from a rock. This was done late on Friday afternoon, the day of preparation as the Sabbath was about to begin. So you have to understand what happens in the crucifixion of normal criminals is they, they crucify them. It takes for hours and hours and hours for them to die. They bleed out. They, they die of agony and, and malnutrition and uh, all sorts of horrible things. And they eventually, typically at that time, as tradition was, they just threw them in the ditch. There's a big burial ditch where they just put everybody in there. Uh, everybody was treated as trash uh, that was that were crucified. You had to think this was for the worst of the worst of society. This is how they treated the worst. It was the crucifixion. So they didn't think twice about just throwing people in ditches. It's this horrible, horrible situation. So this man Joseph knew that was going to happen. He wasn't going to let the Messiah be treated like that. So, of course, obviously, fulfilling prophecy, knowing that Jesus had to be raised from the dead in three days, he couldn't be treated just like anybody uh, else that was crucified. Uh, verse 55, As his body was taken away, the women from Galilee followed and saw the tomb where his body was placed. Then they went home and prepared spices and ornaments to anoint his body. But by the time they were finished, the Sabbath had begun, so they rested as required by law. So that is Luke 23, and we'll finish up 24 in the next podcast. But uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover with the Old Testament. There's a lot of crossover with Genesis. There's a lot of crossover even at the beginning of Jesus' life uh, as the um, as they bring frankincense and myrrh and all these oils and different things that he was given at the time and the way that he was given those things at the beginning he was given those things at the end there's a lot of prophecies and a lot of cool stuff that goes on uh in this story uh, whether it's the three hours of darkness uh instead of three days of darkness uh whether it's three times that uh Pilate had you know denied um finding jesus guilty uh, but it, it was all showing that on that third day, Jesus was going to be raised from the dead. And we're going to get to that next time, which is very, uh, which is a great second half. And it gives us all the hope. Obviously, this part, Luke 23, is all the bad stuff. Uh, you had to go through the bad stuff in order to see the good. You have to understand the pain that Jesus suffered in order to appreciate the glory that he brings to you in your life. Um, if it was as simple as him dying quickly and then you know, raising from the dead three days later, it's not as powerful as understanding what Jesus went through, the ridicule he went through, the, the trials, the pain, the torture that he went through uh, in order for us to be saved. Because you have to go through the struggles in order to have faith that God's going to bring you through them. And that's really the lesson here. Uh, in Luke. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned, but one of the lessons we can take in our life is that no matter what we're dealing with, whatever struggles and pain and torture that you may be having, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, God will bring you through them because his plan is to be glorified, right? And to bring you home. That's the plan. And that's what Jesus shows us here. He shows us that if you have faith in God and you trust in his plan and you know how it's going to end, you if you go through the worst part of it, you're going to come out. No matter how stormy the night is, the sun comes out in the morning. Uh, and that's the lesson we have to remember as we're dealing with our own kind of struggles and, and, and issues in this life. Um, Jesus died for our sins, but he also showed us uh, how we need to be living and how we need to be trusting God and how we need to have faith that God's plan is always better. That's the lesson to be learned here.
That is for sure. Amen to that. All right, so I have another uh, sip of coffee. Hope you guys liked uh, Loot 23. Let's uh, answer a few questions. Uh, this seems to be uh, maybe a little bit longer podcast. I'll, I'll try to get through these as quick as possible, but I usually read two or three. Uh, if you want to submit a question for future consideration, go to livingchristian.org slash podcast and just scroll down to the bottom and there's a little place to uh, submit a question. I may rearrange that page a little bit to get that at the top of right now. Currently, just scroll all the way down to the bottom and you can submit a question and I'll open it up. I have them on a fancy spreadsheet here. Uh, Google Doc here that I opened up and, and uh, I'll pick a few and uh, I try not to think about them too much. I try to answer them with my, my gut. Uh, so I don't know if that's good or bad, but let's, uh, let's, uh, let's read one from an uh, Instagram follower. Uh, just put anonymous, which is fine. You don't have necessarily have to put your name. I'm not going to read them unless you want me to. But if Jesus and God loves us so much, why did he let bad things happen to his believers? Like the Holocaust, I believe I just have so many questions. Oh, that's a great question. So I guess the question is, I guess the real question is, if Jesus or if God loves us so much, why do bad things happen? That's the age-old question that people struggle with, right? Um, if, if your God is a loving God, uh, then why do all these things happen in the world? Why are bad things in the world? Now, that's one way that people struggle with their faith, and they fight to f- fully believe, because they don't truly believe that God is a loving God. They believe maybe he's some sort of um, creator that is just maliciously watching as as the as the ants run around killing each other. Uh, I would say the way I take solace in that is, yes, uh, God can do anything. Yes, uh, we could have a perfect life in a perfect world without sin, without harm, without you know the Holocaust, without wars, without famine. Uh, but that's not the world we live in. He created it that way with Eden. Uh, but quickly, uh, we defied him as a as a as a human race, and, and uh, sin entered this world. So we do live in a fallen world. So don't blame God for the bad things that happen. Blame his fallen angel, Lucifer, Satan, uh, for causing so much destruction. So it's 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 half Satan, and it's half our own free will. He gave us free will at the beginning. Uh, you know, Adam and Eve chose to eat of the fruit of the forbidden tree. Uh, he gave us that ability to make those choices, right or wrong. And in that instance, it was wrong. And in many ways, since then, uh, we've made the wrong decision. So uh, Satan loves to work through that. He loves to work through our, uh, you know, our ability to make choices in our lives. Uh, but in reality, we do majority of harm to ourselves. That is for sure. So don't blame God. Blame ourselves. Blame Satan. Uh, but I also think. And this is a long answer. I apologize. I'll get to the next one. But I firmly believe that part of it is the fact that we have to uh, go through these trials uh, in order to appreciate the glory that is to come. Similar to what we just read in Luke 23. Jesus had to go through his crucifixion and his persecution and his torture and all these things in order to be uh, joined with the Father in heaven. So, so do we <laughs> do that. Jesus, in his own words, said... Uh, that, uh, you know, there will be trials and tribulations in the world, but have faith that he has overcome this world. He warned us. So, God, this is not, you know, unbeknownst to God that bad things happen, but he's showing us that even though bad things happen, you're going to get to join him in heaven if you believe and follow Jesus. So, the answer to your question is exactly what we just read in Luke 23. Yes, bad things are going to happen. They happen to Jesus, for crying out loud. 
but have faith that, uh, you know, ultimately God's plan is to bring us out of this world and out of these trials and tribulations. Great question. Uh, second question is, I got saved a year ago, and it seems like the past year has been a lot tougher with temptations. I guess my question is, is that normal? Uh, thank you for all that you do. That is from Brad uh, in Instagram as well. Well, Brad, you know what? Goes along with the theme of this uh, podcast here today, doesn't it? Um, I would say the second that you are uh, saved and you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, man, that irritates the devil, doesn't it? Uh, so he doesn't want to lose you. And I've talked about this before, but he doesn't want to lose you. Uh, he's going to fight harder the closer you get to God and the closer you get to Jesus. If you're in this world and you don't even believe in Jesus and you're you're loving all the, the things that this world brings to you, uh, the devil's already got you. Uh, so he doesn't have to fight that hard, does he? Uh, but he knows the second that you accept Jesus, ooh, he knows he's losing this battle. Uh, so he is certainly going to fight and bring you more temptations. I mean, heck, he, he, he tempted Jesus for 40 days in the wilderness, if you remember in that, uh, in that chapter. Uh, so that is normal, unfortunately, Brad, that is normal. Uh, but with, you know, with God on your side, with Jesus as your uh, guide, uh, and your uh, trail uh, boss of leading you down the, the journey of life, uh, you will certainly find your way home and get past anything that you're dealing with. Okay, but yes, that is normal. So uh, have faith that that's normal. Have faith that God can get you through it. And just know that uh, the devil can't win. Only if you allow him to win will he win. But he, he can't win. He can't win with you. All right, uh, last one we'll do. This one came from the website. Uh, is it right for a real Christian to shave his head stylishly? That's an interesting question. Uh, I'm not sure why I picked that one, but that's fine. Uh, is it, a, is it uh, right for a real Christian? I'm not sure what you even mean by a real Christian, uh, but is it right for uh, a Christian to shave his hair stylishly? Yeah, you can do whatever you want uh, on that stuff. Now, um, you know, part of the old uh, laws in the Old Testament with, with trimming your beard or shaving your head or trimming your hair, with you know, those are, are, do not come to pass with the New Testament, with the New Covenant, with Jesus Christ. So you can do whatever you like. Jesus uh, cares more about what's in your heart than he does what's on the outside, okay? Uh, so no matter what you look like, no matter what your hair looks like, uh, no matter, uh, you know, if you got tattoos or whether you wear jewelry or, jewelry or not or whatever you want to look like, uh, it doesn't matter. You come to Jesus as you are. Uh, he may not keep you that way, uh, but uh, come, in, come to him as you are and as you will be. So I would say uh, that's fine. You can shave your head stylishly. You can do whatever you want. Just be weary of, uh, just like tattoos, you got to be weary of making sure you're glorifying God with everything that you do. And if uh, you're doing something to get attention to you, uh, I'd be um, a little leery of your motives there. Uh, but if you just like to do it because you think it looks cool, uh, then uh, I'll be do do whatever you want to with your hair. I, I, I don't think God really cares about your outward appearance as much unless it is for your own glorification and not his. So be careful with that for sure. So uh, that is today's uh, podcast. So that is Luke 23. We're going to do Luke 24 next time. So if you like this, uh, make sure you stay tuned in a few days. Uh, for the Luke 24, and we'll wrap up this kind of Easter cycle of these two podcasts, being our Easter podcast, uh, Resurrection podcast. Uh, and uh, so think about that as you go through the month of April. Prepare yourself uh, for what is to come. Uh, my advice would be to find a good Bible plan on maybe on the YouVersion Bible app or somewhere else that you can read about Easter, read about the life of Jesus, read about uh, the uh, you know the the crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, 
read those things and kind of uh, study those things as we go through this month. This is an important part of our salvation. Uh, if anything, we celebrate Christmas and the birth a lot. We need to celebrate what he did for us equally for that. So uh, think about this as a season, uh, as we do the Christmas season, uh, and it's all about uh, Jesus. It's not all about uh, eggs and bunnies and all that stuff. So focus on Jesus as you go through the month of April and prepare ourselves for Resurrection Sunday, or as we call it, Easter. So um, thanks again for listening to the podcast. I hope you're able to get a little something out of it, uh, get a little closer to your faith. If you do, as I mentioned at the beginning, maybe drop a, a review or a rating on there. That'd be that'd be great. Uh, also visit livingchristian.org for all your Christian stuff, uh, apparel and hats and t-shirts and Bible verse list and blogs and all that stuff. I try to make it easy for you guys. Uh, so that's something to look at uh, all the time. So until next time, keep Jesus in your heart and eternity in your mind. God bless you guys.